Hello, everybody. Welcome to our newest podcast session of the town of Kiowa Island. My name is Michael Heidingsfelder, and I'm one of your elected uh, town council members of Kiowa Island. Um, today's session will shed a spotlight on a very important topic for our island and for all property owners. The question around how are we protecting this island against rising sea levels and changing weather patterns. Now, this question was raised a while ago, actually. So the town has been very active in creating one of the very first, at least in our state, if not in our nation, so-called marsh management plans. Um, and this plan was developed by the town in collaboration with the homeowners associations, so Kika and the Conservancy. We all have to understand the marsh surrounding our island on the northern side, but also on the western and eastern side of the island, is really our first defense against the elements of nature. So we need to be really careful what we are doing with the marsh and especially how, like the dunes, we can make sure they are protected and can continue to protect us. That's a little bit the context for today's podcast. So I have the great pleasure today to welcome two individuals um, to our podcast series who have been very instrumental in actually developing this marsh management plan for us and also now are the key drivers behind the implementation of this plan. So first of all, Madeline Kay. Thank you very much, Madeline, to be here. Um, one of our many volunteers here in the town of Kiowa Island. Um, she's a member of the town's planning commission. Uh, a key community member um, that is involved in the, what we are talking about, the um, the marsh management plan. But you're also a, a key member for our ARB revitalis revitalization uh, concept. And I'm sure I forgot some of your roles uh, in this community. So, Madeline, thank you very much for, for being here today and um, being such a valuable resource uh, for our island. John... <clears throat> Taylor, our planning director, is um, the other gentleman that I'm happy to uh, welcome here today. Um, the marsh management plan falls into his area of responsibility, but I also experienced, John, that you're very passionate about this. Um, it's not just one of your roles, but it's really something that's close to your heart. So thank you, John, for being here today um, and talking to us. Now, Let's start with a few data points, John. I think just to make sure that the community understands the magnitude of what we are talking about. So when you look at how large our island is and how large is the marsh, can you, can you put that in, in a context for us? Yeah, so Kiwa, when we, when we think about landmass, it's almost 8,500 acres. When we think about marsh, um, you can say nearly 3,800 acres. So we're talking a great percentage of the entire makeup of Kiwa being comprised of uh, salt marsh. Um, that's nearly um, 45% when you look at just open water and marsh. That's nearly 15% or better of sort of uh, the character of Kiowa. I think most times when people identify with Kiowa, they think firstly the beach. Of course, we have 10 miles of beach, but the opposite side is, is of the northern uh Eastern and Western side of Kiel is a significant part yeah. of our, our, our DNA. I mean, just to understand, so 55% roundabout of our island is marshland and the water that is surrounded by this marshland, which I think is a very impressive number. And I'm not sure that everybody on the island really realizes how important that is. 
uh, to us. So tell us a little bit about the health of the marsh, because I think that was also one of the driving elements for the marsh management plan. Right. So we, I, I think it's important to understand how we begin to assess the health of the marsh. Uh, there are a number of entities, a number of groups, a number of uh, agencies who help us to really get a good understanding of that. We know certain areas um, of the marsh is really healthy. We know other areas are eroding. Um, that's um, in fact that you can look at your own as your own property as a property owner and look at how that critical line has moved over time. One of those things you can do is look at where vegetation now is. Uh, maybe it's now mud flats. Maybe it's uh, that's, those speak to that. The other thing is you actually can utilize uh, habitat um, and assessments of how birds uh, utilize the marsh to know migration patterns. Um, that tells us about the health of the marsh. So there are a number of factors. Um, the other component to that just being uh, flooding, right? Um, and how much flooding the marsh can. A marsh is a big protection barrier for the island, and so how much water that uh, marsh can absorb. Uh, we've seen ri rising seas um, over time. So it works like a sponge. It works exactly like a sponge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that there are areas along the island that are critical, that are maybe not in perfect health, let's say it this way. I always remember when I drive by on Kiowa Island Parkway shortly before the bridge and I look to the right, that's probably one of those areas that you would consider not in great shape, correct? So that is one of the areas that has been identified as um, that the health of the marsh is it needs some help. Um, it is one that is either eroding. Um, it has been a challenged area because of a number of, of circumstances, mm -hmm. right? Uh, boat traffic, um, unregulated access, a number of things that have contributed yeah. over the years yeah. to the health of that area. Yeah. So I think we will talk about this later, but first, Madeline, I, I really want to understand what has sparked your interest, your question, so to speak, about the marsh and the health of the marsh and the marsh protection. It's really been an evolution, Michael. I probably, my first exposure was um, listening to a report that Jack Coates and Dave Pumphrey uh, presented to our world. This is several years back, and the uh, primary focus was on sea level rise. Um, and then we read some reports from Nicole Elko and her group. Uh, she's been our consult, our primary consultant, uh, that talked about the overall environmental health of the island. And then we saw some reports out of the Conservancy on projects like the Rain Gardens. So all of this built an interest over time and growing awareness of the importance of the marsh. It's the first line of defense and the second line and the third line of defense against um, storms, against uh, erosion. And um, it is, as you guys have already mentioned, it's such a significant percentage of the acreage on this island that we weren't paying mm. that close attention to before. One of, the, one of the things for me that was so surprising from Nicole Elko's work was the relative health of the oceanfront and the dunes and the vegetation there. But we have paid less attention to the marsh. So the focus has started to shift, and I think it's great. Okay, wonderful. John, I think now we understand a little bit the context and the importance and the relevance of all of this. Explain us in a few words, what is a marsh management plan? So um, that's a good question. So the state of South Carolina requires all of our coastal communities to put together a plan to how the beach is managed. 
Um, and so our, our town, Kiowa, we've always had a beach management plan, which tells us, um, what things to look out for, when should we renewish? Um, but there is no guidance today in the state regarding the marsh as far as a mandate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a healthy beach on Kiowa and I think most residents, most property owners, um, are aware of the great, um, draw the beaches itself. However, on the, when you look at our most risks and a, a lot of the work, um, have to kind of go back really to 2017, 2018, flood mitigation and sea level rise, a subcommittee produced a, a report that really gave us the inclination that we need to pay attention more to the marsh because of its risks. Um, and so the beach, ma- the beach, I'm sorry, the marsh management plan itself is a tool that gives us guidance of how we should engage the marsh. How should we look at protecting the marsh? How would should, how should we look at really strategizing to ensure that this resource, this natural resource is most efficient in the long term. Um, and so that, that guidance from the, the marsh management plan that we've had some help to develop that plan, um, with some consultant teams, Nicole Elko's name has been referenced several times, biohabitats. They're the team that help us put together that plan. And so this is really a, a true first, uh, of its kind in the state. Um, of it, it really paying attention comprehensively to what we as a community would look at uh, in a, in managing our marsh. Yeah, and and my understanding really is that you know there are various elements in this plan that goes from regularly monitoring the state of the uh, the marsh, uh, which I think the conservancy is very much involved in to to uh, to help us with this, uh, but also to really implement countermeasures if marsh areas are endangered, not in the very best health. Is is that right? The so correct description? The the way the actual plan is broken out into really um, um, three or four significant points. One of those you mentioned is to monitor. That was the first thing that we recognize that in order to really know what actions to take, we really need to understand exactly what's happening. So there are a number of metrics um, to know the quantity of marsh, the eroding factors, and looking at different assessments, um, metrics rather, to know the health of the marsh. Bull Servancy has been a great partner in, in, in doing that uh, with the town. Um, but understanding the health, that's monitoring. The second is really regulation, regulating. And this is particular actions that would be developed in the future. Right now that's being studied. We'll get to that in a, as part of this discussion. Um, the other is really looking at um, uh, looking at uh, we have monitoring, regulating, protection. Uh, protection more so of areas that are really of concern, right? So we have begun to put together plans um, to look at what areas that might be more critical than others. We mentioned the area about the Kiwa River Bridge, which we'll talk about, but that's really looking at areas within the marsh that really are unhealthy or could be improved um, based on a number of factors, like I mentioned earlier. Okay, excellent. So. I could imagine that some people will say, you know, leave this to nature. It will regulate itself. Don't do anything. But what would happen if we are not jumping into action? What do you think will will that mean for our island if we don't implement this marsh management plan? I think it, it would be the same approach that, as we do at the beach, right? There, there are critical moments where nature will correct itself. Um, but it's important as us to be good stewards. If we don't do those things, we can see quickly eroding areas. We can see that those areas spread um, to areas that we would want to keep 
in its natural form and its best health in its state. Uh, I just think it's being responsible. And I think as a town, as a community, um, it's important for us to do that. Good. So being that good steward um, that, that you're referring to, um, what are really the driving data points from your from your perspective that should all make us concerned and work hand in hand to to protect our marsh? Really, I think um, I would probably lean on a, f a few data points: um, the rising of tides and flooding. We all know that flooding on the island um, is an occurrence. It, it happens not even when we have a significant storm or event. And with flooding, that gives us an indication of where our, our control points are. So where our drainage patterns are, how stormwater management happens, those are true data points that I think are significant when you look at sea level rise, when we look at all of those inundated of flooding. When you put all those things together, we really can identify areas across the island that are at risk or uh, could be improved from a drainage standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so the marsh plays a critical role in that um, in the comprehensive way that we address flooding. So I, I would say flooding is one of the big factors, um, the, the, a, a tangible uh, metric that we can win. And Madeline, I think this is probably where we as as property owners, uh, people that come to the island, live on the island, see that something is going on when there's a rainy day, when there's water standing on the streets, when we have more and more, as it feels at least, more and more king tides uh, coming our way. So do you think that the community is really aware of all of this and can can yet connect these data points and and actually will support and does support the marsh management plan? I think that the awareness is growing. Um and it's and it's evolving process, but uh, the conservancy gave a terrific presentation to our world uh earlier this month. Attendance was remarkable. And I have been getting questions from friends and neighbors ever since that program. They know I'm on the planning commission and they want to know what the town is doing yeah. about about protecting the marsh. It's hard to ignore the um, increasing frequency and increasing intensity of storms. We all see it. We see how water runs from our roofs down our driveways, down the roads. and um, And we know that that water can get polluted along the way. So, yeah, the community is getting more and more aware of the scope of the issue and what the town can do about it and how how they as individual property owners can help to to mitigate the situation. And we've got some examples of some projects that are currently underway. Mm -hmm. I think the most interesting one is is, well, the one that is most immediate in terms of uh, ability to implement is the rain garden project. And the Conservancy, once again, who's been a terrific partner throughout on this this whole process, um, has, has worked with the town to tackle two rain garden projects, one right here at, at Town Hall and one up at Retz Bluff. Uh, and do you want to talk about the concept, the top behind rain gardens? Do you want me to? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the concept is to capture stormwater. And so you, uh, with very specific dimensions, you dig a bowl-like um, uh, indentation in the ground. You plant native grass on uh, in there. Um, so you have some aesthetic value. 
you put mulch on top so that you get drainage being helped. And these gardens um, act as natural filtration systems. They capture the stormwater, and then slowly it's allowed to seep into the ground. And in that process, the pollutants are removed. So uh, instead of having polluted water running directly into our creeks, into our rivers, you have this very natural solution. And it works really probably best on individual property owners' lots. So uh, the talent's coming up with some guidelines on how to go, go about So these two locations that you mentioned, one here at the town at the municipal center and the other one at Red's Bluff, are basically kind of showcases, yeah. I would say, right? So for community members to come, to learn how something like this would look like and even enhance, you know, the beauty of properties, then to really decide together with their landscaper to to implement something like this at every individual's home because we have the downsprouts from from the roofs that, for example, at my house just, you know, run into the ground um, and and capturing the, the water, but especially also the pollution, pollutants is, I think, the, the key thing. So... Beside, um, you know, monitoring, we talked about this, but really jumping into action. So, so the rain garden is one project. I know that there are two, three other ones. Um, Madeline and John, can you talk a little bit uh, to the community about the other big action items that the marsh management plan has created? Right. So, in developing a marsh management plan, there were a number of recommendations that uh, were put forth. And the best way, or the best way that we, as a group community, decided to move forward with those number of recommendations is find three priority. And so three priority um, recommendations or actions were, were developed. And those three were one, we felt that we really needed to educate and make the community aware of what's this process, what is marsh management. There are a lot of um, language barriers in, in understanding what the health of the marsh. And so really communicating why we're doing this, what's the importance, and then how people eventually will be able to get involved in, in what they can do on the individual property. So a really robust communications effort is one of those uh-huh. parts of the first priority. And we've seen some of this already happening in our e-newsletter where we are trying to start to educate the community about Correct. these things. Yeah. And so the second component to that um, are, one, we want to look at impervious, impervious surfaces. Um, that was a subgroup of our work group that was formed to really focus on what can we do as a community to address pervious and impervious services. More particular was mentioned the rain gardens that somewhat falls in one of those uh, solution-oriented um, action items that can be done, right? Because it's really addressing stormwater runoff, it's addressing filtration, it's addressing the, the uh, we know the studies that have been with our groundwater um, and how saltwater intrusion can can affect our groundwater. So impervious surfaces, one of those things as far as action items is studying where on the island can we essentially convert a greater mass of impervious surfaces to pervious surfaces. And right now in our subcommittee is really trying to figure out best ways to incentivize that for the homeowner. Uh-huh. Um, how do we educate the property owners to do that on their own without having a regulation to do that? Um, but there are a number of things, uh, for example, um, Kika, one of the larger property owners of trails and, and uh, parking, what, what metric, metrics or, or things that we can add in our toolbox to say, what, what would happen if you did utilize this type of technology as far as a permeable material opposed to asphalt? And what would that do tremendously to help um, overall the yeah. number of or percentage of, yeah. of purpose across the island? I mean, I've seen on the island a lot of all the new buildings that have 
you know, been constructed over the last two or three years, that more and more of these new driveways, for example, are permeable um, uh, surfaces, right? Um, but we are an island that has developed over the last 40 years, so we have a lot of properties that still have the traditional concrete driveway. So you're saying one of the measures that your work group is focusing on is how to incentivize the property owners of those older properties or not most recent property properties to actually tear up their concrete driveways or portion of it and and replace it with with um, a surface that can really absorb the water instead of kind of pushing it into the market yeah. as a neighboring uh, um, canal. Yes, and we have examples of, of neighborhoods that have taken that initiative on their self. Uh, Motion Woods is one of those. Um, as a as a neighborhood, they decided that they wanted to look at a, a, a new way to, to do that. And so um, one of those things that we use that as an example to study as part of subgroup, how can we get other neighborhoods potentially collectively Same, yeah. uh, working with contractors because potentially we can get a, a, a cheaper rate for to do that type of work when you look at the massing. So there are a number of examples, I think, that are out there, and we just want to be able to continue to spread that word. Um, we know that there are examples, uh, for example, the Sandcastle, of how that parking treatment yeah. where water, uh, the, the um, pavers that allow water to percolate through in between. So we have some examples. So it's just trying to get more and more of those examples out. Um, I, I think it's really important to recognize that uh, when the Planning Commission took the Comprehensive Marsh Management Plan to the council, the council unanimously approved it. Obviously, it was a good idea. And that was uh, was when we decided to create this intra-island entity. And so all of the things that John and I have been talking about, these initiatives have been the product of a really broad group of people that represent the town and Kika, the Conservancy, the Partners, the ARB. We also have residents on that. Residents on even the county. So everybody's been working, brainstorming uh, very collaboratively to come up with some of these approaches and things like, can we incentivize yeah. these projects? So the, we have some real good brain, brain power that are, that's involved okay. in this project. Great. So before we close, um, I want to learn a little bit more about um, the area that we already touched upon at the Kiowa River Bridge. So when you leave the island, you pass Mingo Point, you come to the bridge, and especially on the right side, we have that area that has been left to a multiple type of uses over the years um, that have really, I think, been been a negative impact on the marsh. So. I also understand that's also one of your areas of focus um, where you want to make a change. So let's talk about this a little bit. As a matter of fact, this is the most current thing that we have dealt with. We had a meeting last week and um, there was a presentation on what kind of plans we can uh, move forward with actually take to town and council. Uh, I think at your next meeting or two coming up. Um, the that part of the marsh that you're referencing is an area where fishermen and crabbers go, and sometimes even kayakers. And so they they meander their way down to the marsh, and it has created some problems. It has damaged the health of the marsh. So uh, the plan that is being put forward is the creation of a ramp from that parking area, right in front of the bridge as you're leaving mm -hmm. the area, down to the marsh with um, maybe a couple of platforms, too, or maybe something on the other side of the road. We need to further study it. 
But the point is, I mean, you're going to kayak, you have access to Ingo Point. It's a couple hundred yards down the road. It's very easy. And it's a bona fide kayak launch site. Um, if you're going to uh, fish crab, you can do that off of platform. But in the meantime, we'll keep foot traffic yeah. and kayak traffic all on that marsh, and that will help protect it, enhance it, and help So this all sounds like we will see the early in 24, you know, the first real implementations of these of these measures from these different work groups. Is that a correct statement? John? Yeah, so we made a, a goal that within this first year, we'll try to have a recommendation brought to council. And the first one of this recommendation would be something for that Kiwa River Bridge project. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really close, I think. Um, there's still some things to study, of course. Um, but early 2024, I think that would be a, a, a really good uh, indicator of having at least two of those recommendations begin to uh, see some fruit. Great. Thank you very much. Um, this was very interesting. I have to say I learned a lot as well. So this was great. Um, I really, really want to thank you both, Madeline and, and John, not only for being here, but especially to really focusing on this so important work. And I think I'm confident that, you know, everybody who has been listening now really understands how important not only the marsh, but also this marsh management plan is. And I hope that a lot of people also understood that they can contribute also themselves to some of these measures, for example, by thinking about changing the surface of their driveway or portions of it. I think that's very important. And it will help us to keep this island safe um, in whatever nature brings upon us uh, in, in the future. So thank you very much for this. Um, this was another hopefully enjoyable podcast for all of you uh, as part of our series to bring hopefully interesting uh, topics, but also interesting people um, to, um, to you through this uh, media. We have a great number of new podcasts under development, so please stay tuned for uh, the announcement coming uh, to our website and our weekly newsletter. Um, and for now, thank you for listening and stay healthy on the island. Thank you.